Like when I talk to people, I ask them all the time, like, well, what is success to you? Like if, if you knock this out of the park in your own mind, like what is that? And, and everybody's answer is very, very different. But they have to be like true to themselves because this does sit on your shoulders as an entrepreneur. Like you have to, you could be in like the, your darkest moment, like, oh, what are we gonna do with this? Or how, like, how are we gonna get over this? And it, you have to find that answer like from within you and, and, and like grind through it. friends because this is a good one me and Danielle are together again in LA you really think that I had never left <laughs> which is great I'm obsessed I'm so glad you're here I feel like did you actually move to Austin or not <laughs> listen I did but I can't stay away for too long today's episode is one of my favorites to date it was so so incredible we are introducing you to Brittany Stewart. She is a co-founder of Burst Oral Care. And this is a startup with a mission to make sonic oral care affordable and available to everyone. Not to mention the most incredible witty branding. Like you need to get on their website if you haven't seen it already. On top of scaling this incredible company that has scaled so big, so quickly. She also still works as a venture advisor for the Dirtic Machine. So she has a ton of experience across multiple industries and business models. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Britney because what I love most about her is she is so real. And you're going to hear in this podcast how she opens up about what it's been like to grow a business, like the real behind the scenes, like her mission. She didn't just want to help, you know, the company, but she also wanted to help other women. And they actually pioneered an amazing ambassador program, which is really cool. But on the other side of that, she also shares about what it's like being a mum and being an entrepreneur and sharing her story around when she found out she's pregnant and how she dealt with that with VC companies. And I feel like these are the types of conversations that a lot of women aren't having. So just bringing her on and just having this very, very open conversation around what it's like, how you might need help <laughs> to really grow your business and be a mom at the same time. Like I love Brittany for keeping it real. Yeah, the conversations that really light me up the most are, listen, you can have it all, just probably not at the same time. Mm. And being able to talk to women, you know, with multiple different types of ambition, doing multiple things at the same time and being really real about what that looks like and giving actionable advice, which I definitely took away from this episode. Totally. I feel like people are listening to this are going to be so inspired. Like I know I was I'm like, hang on a minute. How do I start a business? I mean, she's done some pretty cool things. I know that they did work. I mean, I mean, we even touched on the Kardashians, didn't we? Like talking around what it was like to work with Kris Jenner and then going on with, um, Chloe Kardashian and just like that insight I feel like everyone listening to this is going to be like wow I want a business let's go yeah exactly so if you are thinking about starting a business or you have a business that you're ready to scale I will remind you if you haven't heard it enough times already the society is open for enrollment and we want to see you inside we rolled up our sleeves and we built an entirely new custom platform that is designed for you with all of the education you need to start and scale a business as well as a place that you can keep track of your goals and connect with other women just like you. So there's really no excuse for doing this, doing it alone and doing it off of Google and trying to figure out as you go along, learn from people who've been there, done it and got multiple t-shirts. So if you're interested, what you're gonna do is head to bossbabe.com forward slash join society. That's bossbabe.com forward slash join society. Enter your information, come say hi, introduce yourself and I'm telling you, you are going to be off to the races with so many women cheering and supporting you. Yeah, totally. And for those who need it, we're going to put the link in the show notes. And so you know, society is spelled S-O-C-I-E-T-E. -E. We're French, you know, if you didn't know already. We're just fancy. <laughs> we're just bougie we're like fancy. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, see you in there. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, co-host of today's show with Nasty Ellis, and we are joined by Brittany Stewart. 
Hello, everybody. That was a very professional intro of me, wasn't it? So professional. I know. Oh, I'm just yeah, getting better and better. Talk show, ladies and gentlemen, you'll find your network coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I have way too much on my plate right now. Anyway, <laughs> Brittany, so excited to have you here. I have like a million questions that I want to ask you. For anyone that is unfamiliar with who you are and what you do, will you give them a little bit of an intro? Sure. Um, I am the co-founder and president of Burst Oral Care. Uh, we are a subscription oral care brand brought to you by your most trusted dental professionals. So dentists and hygienists uh, help us make all of our products and then they recommend them to you. I love it. When did you start the company? 2017. 2017 and it's 2021 now. How much have you grown? Um, a lot. Uh, <laughs> in the thousands of percentage points. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, it feels like in four years you have built the most incredible empire, and that's a very short amount of time. So, I'm imagining it's been a big roller coaster, and I want to get into all of it. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember the point in which you started to feel like the business had momentum and was about to take off? Honestly, I know this is a cheeky answer, but it's, it's really from day one. Okay. So we launched at a dental convention. So we did something very different than what other direct-to-consumer companies do, which is they kind of make a product and then they test ads in the marketplace and then they see if like there's a fit. We were going to build our own channel, which was our ambassador channel. These are dentists and hygienists who recommend our products. And so we launched at a dental show in Chicago. And at that time, so Hamish, who's my co-founder and, and, and really kind of like my best friend, we w really didn't have very much of a budget. We sent the goods to my mom and dad's house who live in Chicago and made my dad drive us to the convention because we could <laughs> save like $600 doing that. And we split a booth with another dental brand. And we had only launched the iOS version of our ambassador app. And so we didn't, you know, we had never done anything before. It was like literally our first day of business. And we were mobbed in our booth. There's just no other way to describe what happened. So one hygienist walked by and was like, well, what's this about? And then she went and got a friend and they went and got another friend. And these conventions are like 12 hours long. And Hamish and I couldn't even take a bathroom break. Like we couldn't physically get out of our booth because the queue was so long to get in and see what this burst thing was about. So we said to ourselves like, you know, maybe, maybe 25 people will, will be interested in this. And like 500 uh, ambassadors signed up like on the spot that weekend and and this sort of excitement and fervor that we got from these ambassadors and they are primarily women to this day 99% of our ambassadors are women and this joy that it sparked we I remember we we were at the Hyatt uh, off of like um, Michigan Avenue in Chicago and remember we were down in the lobby just like having a drink afterwards like almost like your lids blow <laughs> back <laughs> And we were both wearing, we have these cheesy, terrible t-shirts that we wear that, that have like horrible dental puns. Like, what did the floss say to the toothbrush? Don't worry, I've got your plaque. <laughs> and we're sitting at the bar and people are coming up to us like, well, what's this toothbrush thing about? We're like, oh God, we just need one second to ourselves. Wow. And we just, we'd never experienced anything so special in our lives. And, and honestly, from that moment forward, there were so many milestones along the way that we were like, okay, we thought this was amazing. And then this happened and this happened. And so it was like really the universe putting a lot of things in your path where you where you felt reinforced about what you were doing. I love that. And I just want to double down on something because we have a lot of listeners who are like just starting their entrepreneurial journey. And a lot of them are like, okay, well, how do I even know if it's a good idea? And I'm just curious, like you went to that convention, you talk around, like you went in with like, okay, I'm going to get 25 ambassadors, but end up with 500. And you talk about queues, like, you know, people queuing up. Why? What was so different about you guys compared to other people? And did you know that that thing was different? Like, did you create the business off the back of knowing something was different about you? So we knew that the product was different and better. So Hamish, my partner, has only ever de developed oral care products his whole life. Yeah. And so he had seen this gap in the marketplace. And he had been using dentists and hygienists to help us get to our prototype version of, of the brush. And, and the moment that I knew that the product was, was different, better, and special was, uh, you know, he came to America to, to really try and bring this. He was looking for a co-founder and like mutual friends introduced us. And so he gives me the toothbrush and I'm like, kind of, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, and I'm using the brush. And then I go see the dentist who is married to one of my, my college best friends. So Dr. Sean yells at me like every time I go to see him, he's like, what are you doing? Like, you need to floss, like what's happening? And Sean asked me if I had gone to get my teeth cleaned 
before I went to see him so that I wouldn't what? yell at him. Wow. And I was like, no, I'm just using this electric toothbrush prototype that that this guy Hamish gave me. He's, I was like, are you, is it really that good? He's like, your gums are so healthy. I, like, Brittany, this is a really good product. Could I have one? And I think that was like another sort of moment where Hamish and I were kind of getting to know each other, figuring out if there could be a great, you know, you will be closer with your co-founder than you are with anybody on earth. You'll spend more mm-hmm. time with them. Yep. You guys get that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you need your family to support that because what you're doing is hard. The odds are stacked against you. And so we spent a long time getting to know each other. But I think that was the moment. So we, we arrived at the convention with some some feedback. You know, we probably had about 100 hygienists on Facebook group that we made that were giving us feedback, you know, talking to us about uh, price points, uh, everything that we needed to think about. You know, our, our early app prototype, they gave us feedback, they tested it for us. So we came with the knowledge that like we knew our product was good, we knew our app was good, uh, but we could not have anticipated. And I think the, the other X factor is, in our industry, there's a lot of stodginess so you go to these conventions and it, and it does feel like people are there like almost under duress. Mm-hmm. And Hamish and I show up in these like bright purple t-shirts. We had two other people with us, like hygienists that we had convinced to come to come work for us. And so the four of us worked that booth. And I think all of us were really kind of engaging, fun people. And that was just different. And people wanted a little bit of that different. And so understanding the business model, when you talk about ambassadors, you would recruit ambassadors who would then sell product like into the dentist? So our ambassador program is that one, you have to be certified in the dental uh, profession. Okay. And so we verify that with like your licensing number. And then as a birth ambassador, you um, recommend product. So we basically looked at everything we liked about MLMs and everything we didn't like. So what didn't we like? We didn't like the idea of anybody being out of pocket in their money. We didn't like the, any idea of someone being above or below somebody else. Like these were not things for us. But we loved the community that a lot of direct selling or multi-level companies offer people. We loved the ability to give your thoughts and feedback. And so as an ambassador, really you're kind of a marketing professional for me. And I compensate you for posting on Facebook, going to a trade show, successfully recommending to a patient. And all of this goes into like sort of a point system we call crowns and we pay that out weekly. And, uh, and it is really meaningful income for these women. And their, and their only obligation on the onset is they try the toothbrush okay. and they get to try it for $20. And if they don't like it, I give them their money back. Wow. And if they do like it and they recommend it to one person, I give them their money back. So either way, they get their money back. But it was our way of protecting ourselves from people just walking up and grabbing free product that we couldn't really afford to give. Yeah. So that was like our barrier of seriousness. And uh, it has been this incredibly meaningful part of these women's lives. I can see that just the ability for someone to earn money on top of what they're already doing is a total game changer. It's why so many women we know have side hustles. Totally. So our, uh, I, I feel comfortable sharing this. Our median ambassador income is about $10,000 a year. So, so for people in dentistry, right, that's a very, I don't want to, um, there's no career progression, right? If you graduate as a dentist, you're a dentist until you retire. If you graduate Mm -hmm. as a hygienist, you're a hygienist until you retire. So it's a meaningful additional sum, right? It's a car payment in your groceries. It's your kid's college fund. And actually they spend a lot of time sharing with us what they do with that money. And, uh, and, and it, it's probably been my favorite thing of the whole business. Mm. And have you had anyone, I'm sure you have, but anyone that just completely excels and crushes it? Yes. I want to know about those women. Okay, so our number one ambassador year one made $90,000. Wow. And she made a YouTube video about how to brush your teeth. Good for her. And then at the end, she put her coupon code. And how social media. She and she is not um, a social media superstar. Mm-hmm. She is a dental hygienist in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and she just invested in a really good ring light. Wow! And uh, and like taught herself. I don't even know what the name of the software is to, like to edit a video, but that's what she taught herself. She was how to just use. resourceful. She was totally resourceful, and she saw this opportunity. Right here's this new thing. No one has sort of captured the number one YouTube space on this, and I'm gonna make a YouTube video. So she was our number one that year in that first full calendar year. Um, and we, the people who have really taken uh, taken this and run with it in whatever way. Like we have another woman who likes to go to like local fairs, like state fairs and she 
super cute, wears her purple t-shirt, and uh, and she crushes. Wow. And so we have people, you know, we have people who are earning full-time or, you know, multiple years worth of full-time salaries as ambassadors. But, you know, I always am very cautious. Like, I don't want anyone to think that for everybody this is going to yeah. replace their full-time job. But if you do a decent job where you see eight patients a day, four, four days a week, you could you could have this really meaningful source of income that just requires you to recommend something you actually believe in. Mm-hmm. And we also do clinical um, clinical research on all of our products. So like you as a medical professional feel really confident. Like our brush removes up to 10 times more plaque than a manual toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And it's safe and effective. And we did a double dual blind study in two different sites uh, to, to make sure that like we followed the same sort of methods and protocols of like the highest standards. So that you know, like, hey, this is my medical Hippocratic oath, and I'm recommending something that I really believe in. Yeah, I love that so much. Tell me about working with Chloe Kardashian. Chloe um, was a was a tremendous success for our business. So what I will say is, we we anybody who's followed our brand knows that we have done tons of influencer content. Uh, we think of them as like, it's sort of a different kind of ambassador. And whether it's agents at CAA or WME or UTA, you know, we, we've kind of worked with them all. The Kardashian-Jenner clan are, are professionals to the core. Mm-hmm. And we, we felt Chloe was right for our brand. And the reasons we liked Chloe were that she was of an age of our, our same, you know, she and I are just about the same age. And she has this brand of vulnerability. So our, we've built our whole ambassador community about being vulnerable, right? Here's this safe space where you can talk about anything, our Facebook group. And we felt that the way that Chloe emoted herself to the world where she's very open about mm-hmm. the things that she goes through and she's very personable and she's very kind and also very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in a, in a family of very beautiful people. And so she was always our first choice for our first like big dog influencer. And so when we when we spoke to her her camp, they were authentic fans of our brand and so that felt like a really yeah. good fit. And they were fans of what we were doing for other women and and how much this sort of support and additional income meant. And so at the time, one of our hygienists, or actually many of our hygienists, had come up with this idea to show how effective our brush was, which is you take a like a corn cob and you cover it in coffee grinds, and you brush it to show how effective our bristles are. And it's kind of like this. It's so weird that you can't want not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind I'm of want to watch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 just weird enough, but it's also really compelling because it's effective, right? Yeah. And so you could you know you show them cleaning with a manual toothbrush, then our brush, and the side of the corn cob that's ours is squeaky clean, and the side with the other brush is not. And you're yeah. like, now imagine if that was your mouth. So we got Chloe to do that corn test in a hot pink bathrobe at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And she posted that video on her Instagram right about Black Friday, maybe the day before, but just let's call it Black Friday, you know, hot zone for all e-commerce businesses. What year? Uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. And we were launching a new product. It was our rose gold edition of the brush. So she felt like the perfect match for that. She has this rose gold brush, corn cob. And if you guys are familiar with the Beverly Hills Hotel, it's like just such old Hollywood. It's got like green palm tree um, wallpaper print on the wall and it's pink carpets. It's just like everything that you would want in your rose gold dreams. So she posts this video and we also, you know, posted on our accounts. And at that time, you know, we had really only focused on our ambassador channel. We had been growing dentists, we'd been growing hygienists, and then anybody that they were recommending. And within that 30-day time span, we just about doubled the size of our company. So from like Black Friday wow. to Christmas, that was a that was a very busy, and our team wasn't very big yet. Mm-hmm. And I remember being online at like midnight with our dev team, deploying things like the deal for the next oh day for God. Cyber Monday. And Hamish and I almost just tag teaming being at work for 24 hours. Uh to get through it because, you know, the thing about being successful is that if you're failing, it's hard. If you're being successful, it's even more hard. Yeah. Uh, because there's there's so much to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she was a tremendous success. And, and so I, I would say, like, my wisdom from that is we weren't very big then, right? We were, like, no one had heard of Burst Oral Care in July of 2018. At that point in time, we weren't even a year old. And, and we shot our shot. We asked, 
And, uh, and I think that people think of, and, and this has been my wisdom from all of the influence we have, like with you know, uh, an extreme amount of fame, they're still human beings who mm -hmm. want to do things that they believe in. Yeah. And what we do is authentically good and they want to be part of that. And so if you think that you've got something amazing, sh shoot your shot. <laughs> How much did you have riding on that? Were you like, oh my goodness, this has to work? Okay. We spent a lot of money on yeah, that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking. I'm like, you put yeah. a lot of eggs in that basket. Was that, was it a big risk? hundred percent. You yeah. have no idea if it's going to work. Um, but no guarantees. No guarantees. Because, you know, you talk to people who've done influencer stuff and sometimes, it, and even over our time, like we've done stuff and it's hit. Mm -hmm. We pay people a lot of money and it's not hit. Um, you really got to be thoughtful about does this, even if this fails, would I be proud of what this person brings mm -hmm. to a brand awareness? Yeah. Would I be proud of what I've done here? And we, we felt really proud of it because it's not just what you're paying someone to do. Uh, it's the inventory to back it up. And... Yeah, the planning. It's like, okay, if we're, if we're going to have Chloe post this, we need to increase that inventory, so we need to put money there. Like, well the website can't like, crash, otherwise it was all yeah. a waste of money. Yeah, your website's we got to work. Sure fulfill this and then get angry customers asking for refunds. Right, yeah, the website's got to work. Uh, the inventory's got to be in the country. If you're producing overseas, or it's got to be in your warehouse if you're if you're domestic. And, uh, and also, you know, You've got a board, uh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a funded company, right? So mm -hmm. what, what comes with that is you have a board of directors. Like they take a seat, you meet with them quarterly, and you answer for what you've done each quarter. And you, you hope that you aren't in for a rough conversation, yeah. right? So, you know, we had been like, this is our pony, we're backing it. And they're like, okay. That could have been a rough conversation if it didn't And well. then, you know, your January board meeting where you review your Q4, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> who's pouring the champagne? <laughs> that's all I have to share with you here. <laughs> you're like, my work here is done. No more questions, please. No. And then you realize, you're like, okay, well, then how are you going to beat that quarter? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah thanks, that. Yeah. Oh. Can we not just, like, enjoy this moment for a second? Can I have eight minutes of, yeah. of bragging and then we'll have, yeah. like, a real conversation? Oh, I would have 100%. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Okay, so another question on that. How does one even get in touch with the Kardashian Jenner camp? I feel like that alone is... I wouldn't know where to start. I just picture Do you just Google Chris, it? Like with her glasses on. Oh my god! Chris is like, like goals. <laughs> yeah. No. First of all, Chris is uh, um, someone who's like on our vision board mm. at Burst. As you know, she is uh, one of the most successful business people on She's the planet, amazing. bar none. We need to add. We firstly, we need a vision board. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we need to put Chris on it. Thank you for that. Like we that, don't have yeah. a vision board. Why do we not have a vision board for we people who want to attract? We are with Chris on. Let's do it. It's amazing how much if you do those things where you just sort oh, of like dream it. You can't. You can't have anything you didn't dream about first. And we do a lot of that where we're like, God, wouldn't it be amazing? Like. Uh, we have something big coming with kids in Q4, and we had like put our like our dream kids property, and then it happened, and like we're very excited for it. But uh, if we hadn't dreamt it, we wouldn't have it. Like, yeah. So I think that there's there's a little bit of that where you you really have to articulate what you want in order to get it. And I think yeah. it's sometimes it's a simple step. So getting in touch with I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was either 
we were using a PR agency at the time that Chloe was working with as well. Got it. And so there's like this mutual connection. I think we had gifted our brushes to them because they gift, you know, sort of like group gifting all the things at the PR yeah. agency. So I, I'm, I'm near certain it was, you know, a, a, a connection made by our, our PR agency that we were using at the time. Got it. Yeah, I always think about that. I'm like, wow, that alone is so overwhelming. Like, how would you even? And so was then Chris the one that was like executing on contracts and stuff? I think we negotiated with Chris, but they have like... Were you just not starstruck the entire time? How did you cope with that? Because you you have a job to do, right? And then but most still, of it, and most of it is like over email. Still, right? still. Uh, and they have a they have a lawyer who is uh, a, a tremendously good lawyer. Yeah, uh, I he's bet. he's no joke. Um, it's almost like it's almost. I enjoy the art of negotiation. So like when I have like an equal opponent on the other side of the yeah. table, I actually like find myself like almost like I'm I'm having too much fun with this. Wait, you two are like peas in a pod. <laughs> I love a little negotiation. I do a too. Legal battle. <laughs> just a little like you know. Again, you don't ask, you don't get. It's the worst thing. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to ask for something. But the worst thing, the other side of the table could just be like, is it yeah. no. No, it's not yeah. a bad thing to have. It's not the worst. If you, never, if, you didn't get an, if you didn't get any no's, you have not asked for enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they say yes first time, you went in too high. Yes. Or, or like you didn't ask for enough. And so I think that that's like a big thing. So I would say that, you know, they're very busy people. They're very successful people. So like much of like what you do is, um, is, is over email yeah. and, and they're thorough and they're thoughtful and, you know, they're not, it's not scary. It's yeah. just like, it, this is either going to be a fit or it's not. Does, yeah. this, does this work for, for both sides? I love that. And I think a lot of people talk shit on the Kardashians. They have no talent X, Y, Z. They are a group of the most intelligent, I mean, Kardashian Jenna's, a group of the most intelligent businesswomen. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the Kylie documentary on YouTube yet? I have not. Okay, so it just came out a couple of days ago and she's doing a whole relaunch with her company. And so they did, they brought in this filmmaking team to make like this mini YouTube documentary. And it really shows the dynamic between her and Chris and really talking about the business and how they've grown it and Chris being so much in the driving seat as well. And it's, they are really smart women. Chris is one of the best business people I've ever interacted with. Mm. You know, and, and like a little background, right? We're, we're, we're venture backed by Goldman Sachs, Volition Capital, two of like the biggest names in finance. And I'm telling you, there is, she is on par with anybody that I've ever dealt with in any room, any realm. Um, so, you know. So let's talk about that a second. Why did you decide to raise? Like, what, did you literally have this idea and like raise from the get go or? I knew it from the start, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was something that was a very uh, specific conversation I had with Hamish that you cannot do an inventory based business with high growth mm -hmm. in a market where you're competing against incumbents who, who basically, you know, you, you are dominated by a few brands in oral care and, and not have capital. And what do you think you gain by raising and what do you think you give up by what are the sacrifices you make when you raise? Hey guys, we are just interrupting this episode to tell you about two of our absolute favorite self-care products. So first of all, I want to tell you about Soul CBD. I have to say it is one of my all-time favorite products. Soul CBD is my go-to for helping with anxiety, reducing stress, and getting truly the best night's sleep imaginable. You guys know I've had some stressful periods recently. So they have gummies, they have body cream, they have CBD oil, and even CBD products for your pets. So yes, Nala has her own <laughs> regime too, right Natalie? Yep. I mean, I feel like she's probably one of the only pets to suffer from anxiety. Actually, that's not true. Maybe lots do. But my favorite product is their signature CBD drops. You can't go wrong with the watermelon flavor. I keep a bottle on my nightstand, in my office drawer, and always take it with me in my carry-on when I travel. It's honestly just that good. So if you want to try it for yourself, click the link in the show notes to get 15% off. You can also find it at mysoulcbd.com forward slash bossbabe. And if you enter the code bossbabe15, that's where you're going to get your discount. I know that you guys are going to be obsessed as Natalie and I for sure. Wait, I have a hack for you, Danielle. Do you want to know my CBD hack? Tell me. Okay, so maybe you're like me and you sometimes forget to take your CBD before you brush your teeth. And then you're like, I don't want to put a flavor in my mouth. Well, I keep the peppermint on my bedside. And so after I've brushed my teeth, if I forget, I just throw in the peppermint and my breath mm. tastes great. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that flavor too. That's better. I should do that. I don't do that. I have the raspberry one because that's my favorite. So... 
I'm going to switch up and do that. So you're minty fresh in bed. Lucky Stephen. <laughs> I love it. And the second sponsor that, oh my goodness, we are so excited to bring you. I actually found this company a couple of years ago when I was looking for a new nail salon in LA. I went and I was obsessed Olive and June's manicure system is an absolute game changer because you can have an at-home manicure that actually looks professionally done because I don't know about you, but I'm great on my left hand. But as soon as I switch hands, shit goes crazy. I'm a disaster. <laughs> I really am. So I actually found out about this brand and I bought the at-home kit. And my favorite thing about the at-home kit is you get this tool called a poppy. So you have this amazing polish that lasts, you know, seven plus days. You put the poppy on top of your nail polish as you're applying it and it helps you hold it and grip it in the right way. So, so good. It's also really inexpensive. Um, I think the Manny system with six polishes breaks down to just $2 per manicure, whereas an actual gel manicure is like $35. So big, big fan. I discovered them a couple of years ago. I bought my first kit and I've never looked back since. I love to change it up between at home and then when I'm going on vacation or I've got a shoot, then I do a gel manicure. So if you want to check out Olive and June for yourself, visit oliveandjune.com slash bossbabe and use code BOSSBABE for 20% off your first money system. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash BOSSBABE. Use the code BOSSBABE for 20% off your first money system. Again, oliveandjune.com slash BOSSBABE. Please get the money system if you do this because using the poppy just changes everything. It's a game changer, 100%. Coming from someone who never used to paint their nails because of that issue. This changes the game. Uh, so In like emotional and business terms. Sure, yeah. so what you gain is, um, uh, we're really lucky, Volition and Goldman Sachs are, you hear these horror stories? Uh, these are not my, that's not my life, it's not my experience. So we also have a group of three angels, Todd, uh, Brian, and Michael, who were really our first check. And they're like these like, wildly intelligent older brother types for us and and they're very successful in their own right and they and they you know in areas where maybe we feel like lacking they are they're able to support us and so what you get is the ability to go after what you're going after to with almost no limit mm -hmm. and that's a pretty big upside and you again you're competing against these very very large brands like you go into Walmart you go into Target you go into Walgreens and there are brands that you know and I'm basically saying hey, this toothbrush that you bought your whole life, mine's better. And I'm fighting that. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and, it's, and it's a it's a difficult fight. And so you get that. You get this wisdom from these people who funded other brands and they know where things went wrong and where things went right. And they make sure they're giving you that wisdom. They have relationships. Uh, they have the ability to connect you to other people. Like I remember, so right after Larry, who's our board member from Volition, funded us, uh, I said, you know, if you've got anybody who can just like give me that proverbial wisdom, I would, I would love to talk to him. And uh, so he connected me to, they were the, the first and I think largest funder in Chewy.com, which is one of the largest e-commerce exits in history. And it's a wildly successful business. So within a week, I'm talking to Ryan, who started Chewy.com. Wow. Uh, and I think Ryan is now the CEO of GameStop, which I find to be um, just really interesting. And um, and Ryan just nails Hamish and I with just wisdom after wisdom from somebody who grew his business at a meteoric rate. I mean, I think they are in the billions in revenue and they're less than 10 years old as a business, wow. right? That is wild. Right. So, I'm, you know, within a week of getting funding from Larry, I'm talking to Ryan and I'm getting all this wisdom about you know, manage your supplier contracts, like cash flow is king. And, and so these are the kinds of things that they give you. What you give up is this isn't your toy that you just get to play with and do whatever you want with it anymore. You are, you are accountable to somebody. You took, a, you took a lot of money from other people and you are responsible for that money. Um, what you think is a good job and what they think is a good job might be very different things. Mm -hmm. You know, you might feel like, oh, I just crushed it with Chloe, right? And they're like, okay, what's next quarter's plan? And you're like, yeah. right. You're like, damn it. <laughs> right, right, okay, I'll let you know. Um, and so these things, but on the whole, my experience has been, it has been way more to the positive, but I think a few things that are a little different about me, I am um, probably more financially 
savvy than a lot of entrepreneurs. I understand what it means to give up ownership. I felt very comfortable pushing back on valuation to make sure that uh, Hamish and I, you know, we're both on the board and we have the ability to really kind of control the day-to-day -day operations of the business. And so I think that there, that there was an information gap that a lot of founders have because they're just like, oh, money, great. And they don't question, like, is this the right check from the right person? Yeah. Mm. Are these the right terms? And Hamish and I said no to a lot of people who did not feel like a great fit for us. Yeah, I always love the quote, like, not all money is equal. Like you're saying, it's you get a track check for 100000 from this person and check from 100000 from this other person. And actually, you have to really weigh up what else they bring to the table, what's the personality like. And, you know, whenever you're taking on money, I think, like you say, you know, a lot of you know, there's a lot, been a lot of media that's like we've really glorified it, put a lot of glamour on it, and the reality is you're taking money from someone, and they're gonna want a return. They're not just giving it away and like, you know, oh that's it, just be done with it. They're also you know? very smart and powerful. Someone's yeah, you know, they are they are not to be taken lightly as human beings because this is their their yeah. profession and they're good at it, and um, and they will get rid of you if you. Aren't, aren't serious about it in return because they will have that ability to do that if you aren't performing because they've given you they've given you money and so I don't you know people always ask me like should I raise capital should I not I think the answer is well what's right for you I wanted to do it I was into it I wanted like sort of my shoot for the moon opportunity in life and I knew that it was going to be capital intensive but I knew I was never going to be happy unless I went for that um, but that may not be the journey for everyone you know, it's intense, It's there's it demands a lot of you, and maybe people want more balance in their lives, and I think that that's okay. Yeah, you just need to know, like you say, what balance you want, knowing going into it. Like, when I talk to people, I ask them all the time, like, well, what is success to you? Like, if, if you knock this out of the park in your own mind, like, what is that? And, and everybody's answer is very, very different. But they have to be, like, true to themselves because this does sit on your shoulders as an entrepreneur. Like, you have to... You could be in like your darkest moment, like, oh, what are we going to do with this? Or how, like, how are we going to get over this? And it, you have to find that answer like from within you and, and, mm. and like grind through it. Do you feel supported by them as investors or is it very much just answering to them? And can you go to them with problems? Or oh, a hundred percent. I was actually on the phone with one of them on the way here thinking through an issue and I can call any one of them at any time. And again, it goes back to you, if you can command respect, you get respect, right? So I take them very seriously and I take our board meetings very seriously and I come extremely prepared and I, if there's a good result, we talk about that and, and why that happened. If there's something that's a bad result or not ideal, we talk about that and what we're going to do about it. So there's never this feeling that like, Brittany only tells me the good things. Mm -hmm. Brittany tells me everything so that we can all be successful. And I think they give me a lot of credibility as a founder that uh, that there's not an intellectual deficiency where they're like, oh, I don't know if she's good enough to do this. It's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a really great example. Most of e-commerce right now is going through a really hard time with their social media advertising. There was an update to iOS 14. Yeah. Oh, we've spoken about it. Yeah. And so, update. So, so the question is, well, what are you going to do about it, right? Because if it's yeah. a portion of your growth and your revenue, how, do you, how should we think about this at this moment in time and what's our strategy in the face of this? And I feel really comfortable having a conversation with whether it's Allison at Goldman or Larry Volition or Michael Bryan or Todd. Um, hey guys, like here's, here's what we had planned for the month, but not only is it I, but you know, they, we all maintain, they have other portfolio companies. We maintain a nice network of other entrepreneurs. Everyone's facing this. Everyone seems to be down on what they would have hoped to be. Their ROAS is off. Do we want to bullishly push through that and do it anyway? Do we want to like kind of cut back until we see this sort of all level out? Because it's got to level out because yeah. Facebook's whole Facebook entire business is built to, on yeah. their whole their whole model is built on advertising. But the ability to really think through the implications of your decisions today without feeling like it's a an incrimination is is another benefit of having them as investors. And so I picked people with a lot of experience in. In, in various areas. So like Brian is, is a consumer products like kind of expert uh, at, at sort of at the publicly traded level. Volition's e-commerce experience was really interesting to me. Goldman's had a very interesting portfolio lately. So I picked people who like actually if they had something to say it was like based in information. Mm -hmm. 
And so you and Hamish are co-founders. Um, Hamish is CEO and mm -hmm. you're president. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how that dynamic works and how your roles differ? Yeah, I mean, I guess you just each have to pick a title and, and yeah. go with it. And really, you, I mean, it's it's you two against the world, yeah. right? So we, I think we both work on the things we gravitate towards. So I'm very much like an ops and finance person. And so I like the idea of like, how are we gonna make this work and, and managing the money side of things. Hamish is, a, a, I would say like a product genius. So he is really leading the R&D and development of all of the products in our business. We both sort of step into the world of marketing, uh, whether it's like our, really on, you know, how do we wanna be perceived in the world, our brand? We're both the face of this ambassador program. You know, it's very much sort of like tagging in, tagging out. Mm. Um, and and so I, I think a lot of times he will he will take a lot of the lead on a lot of creative things because that is what brings him joy yeah. and he's good at it. And what brings me joy equally is like, I shaved 10% off of our fulfillment costs because I've changed our packaging. <laughs> and now That's you've right. got another million dollars that you can spend on marketing because I did that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that I, I, I have a lot of joy in that, but we also have a lot of joy when we get, put our heads together and think about maybe big picture things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we did this Call of Duty partnership last year where we did a limited edition of the brush and it benefited... Um, uh, veterans finding meaningful employment uh, after they were deployed. And we had a really fun time working on the camo patterns together for the brush. And like we, you know, house scaled in and scaled out. And so we kind of finally got to the, this is the pattern. And so we do, I think we really vibe off of each other creatively. Um, but the, but the reality is that a lot of times, you know, when we were young, we would be, so we've never had an office for our business. That's been another big, very important Wow, precept. it's fully remote. Oh, oh, wow. Since day one. Wow. We always felt that women were the most underutilized part of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And being forcing them into offices was a way to keep that going. You know, a lot of our staff are women with children or single mothers. And it's as simple as, like, I don't have to leave here. Like, my childcare situation just doesn't really uh, work for that, like, uh, I take my kid to school and I pick them up and that's at seven and at two 30, I'm brilliant. I'm amazing at my job. Uh, but I need this break at seven and at two 30 and, and they are the most amazing productive, like I'll take my team of moms over your team of like young single urbanites all day, every day. Yeah. What they do in a day would like put most people to shame. We feel the same about the moms on our team. It, they are, when they're at work, they're so And the dads too. So we have, I mean, not, yeah. I'm not naysaying the, the males on our team. It's just, it's sort of the idea started with the, with the working mother. And how many people are at the company? So full time, we are at uh, in the 60s. And then we probably have, because we do a lot of outsourcing, uh, probably have like 200 people who work at agencies, but were their account full time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so we, you know, we used to live on each other's computer screens. Like he would be, and I would be in like the upper right-hand corner in Zoom or FaceTime. And like nine hours a day, we were in every meeting together. Then as you grow and grow and grow, you spend less and less time together. And I think that's probably been one of the hardest parts. It's like one of our favorite things about doing this business is working with each other. Mm -hmm. And our success has like pulled us apart that he's got to do this seven hours of meetings and I have to do this seven. And maybe if we get an hour at the same meeting in the day, that would be fine. But that's probably been the hardest part for us. Yeah. That's really similar to mine and Danielle's roles. And like when we were first starting, we're Googling, what is that role versus that role? And what we realized <laughs> is there is no job description. It's what you both gravitate towards, what you enjoy, you divide and conquer, you pick a title and it constantly evolves. Like just yesterday we were having a conversation yeah. where Danielle was saying, I actually want to do more of this stuff. And I was like, well, I want to let go of this part and take on this part. And it's like, great, well, we, we can do that. We can rewrite it and we can like always be tag teaming. Um, I'm really curious when you mentioned that remote team, because you obviously have su such a long, large team. Is there anything specific you've implemented in the company that you think has really supported the virtual work and culture? So we're really fun with our Slack and really intentional. So we do town halls 
like once a month, like what's going on mm -hmm. at first. So mm -hmm. department heads are like, here's what you can expect in development. Here's what you can expect in product. Here's what you can expect in marketing. So everyone always knows what's going on. We have a channel called Burst Bites. And anytime somebody is like launching something, premiering something, debuting something, they give this rundown in Burst Bites. And it's almost like a Twitter feed that like, here's what's new. We just launched mm -hmm. this deal for children's like toothbrushes. Love and that. so everyone, and it's your job to know what happened on Burst Bites. You can't be like, I didn't know that if it was on Burst Bites. Like, you need to know it. If someone... Ooh, I like that, you know, that expectation. That's yeah. Good. I'm writing I don't want to hear that you didn't know that we were having a special on bundles for children's toothbrushes this month. It was... Yeah. How often town. do you do the Burst Bites? Anytime something okay. happens, right? Got so it's, it. this it's, this, it's this live feed. So like as I was pulling up, Jeanette and my team let everybody know that we've launched a new email campaign for people whose credit cards have expired. Got it. Here's a link to the three emails that they're going to get. Everyone should be aware of Do that. we have one of these? We should have a credit card expiration automation. Oh, we do have that. And so we recently re it, like made it, you know. I love that. That's the situation. Yeah. And so um, we, we also have made time to have in-person event type things. Okay. So when we are going to a dental show, we say, you know, whoever's local, let's, uh, let's do that. We, we, you know, before COVID, we had BurstCon, which was like our big annual party for our top ambassadors and all of our employees. And it has been historically a really good time. I love that. So we did New Orleans for the first year, Savannah for the second year. And then this year we're doing employees only because we, we're still having some, some COVID and liability issues. Yeah. So we're doing Scottsdale, Arizona in September. Sounds like a really fun company that you're building. It is. We, Hamish and I like to have a good time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to underestimate that. Like, we work very hard, but, like, we also like to play. Yeah. You've got to enjoy it at the same time, right? It's like, otherwise you feel like, oh, I'm going to be happy or I'm going to enjoy my life when I've exited this company <laughs> and I've missed half your life. Like, yeah, I, I think that, that. that money isn't the punchline for Hamish and I, right? Yeah. So, like, I think a lot of people are living for this, like, big fat payday at the end of the rainbow. Uh, yeah, that's my, I have to do that. That's my imperative. I took venture capital, but... Along the way, we wanted to build something that had real value in people's lives. I'm in everyone's, you know, I'm in a lot of people's bathrooms. Yep. I'm the first yeah, thing they do in the morning. You read the And the last thing you do at night. And then it's an intimate thing. Yeah. So you, you start, shared that you started the business mm -hmm. um, in 2017. Mm -hmm. And you actually have a nine-month-old. So I'm I really do. curious how this fitted into the plan of like starting a business, raising, and then having a baby. So there was no plan for the baby, right? <laughs> he, just, uh... he had a plan. Yeah, he had a plan to exist. <laughs> baby um, knew what he was doing. Yeah. So I got pregnant in January of last year. And so like, you know, you don't really tell anybody that you're pregnant until mm -hmm. you're 12 weeks along yeah. because you know, one in four women will have a miscarriage mm -hmm. in that in that time period. So if you think about that timeline, right, I would have been telling people that I'm pregnant on like March 13th, which is like the day that COVID was shut, shutting down the whole yeah. country. And I remember I was in late stage diligence with Goldman Sachs at the time. And I felt like I really had this sort of moral um, dilemma, which is, you know, this business needs this money in order to continue to achieve yeah. its goals. But like felt kind of crummy to, to not say something to them. And so I did, I said, you know, before you give, like they had signed the documents and we're going to like fund me. And I said, wow. before you do that, I, I, I want you to know this. I don't, I don't think it's a credible threat to the business anyway. I am yeah. like, extraordinarily prepared for this. Um, but it felt like I should tell you. And I don't know, and I don't know if I made the right, like I, I wouldn't take this as that wisdom to do so, it. Uh, there's arguments on both sides. I can literally see that. I made the decision that was right for me. Yeah. I felt, so I'm also another sort of unique thread of our business is that all of our venture, cap, venture capital has been sourced by women. Mm -hmm. So Mary Kate was the partner at Volition who called me to talk about Burst. And Allison at Goldman uh, was who called me to talk about Burst. And so it's really interesting that my journey from a venture capital has been a female-led journey, which mm -hmm. you will never hear from people, yeah. much, much less through multiple rounds. So I felt like I had developed this like real relationship with Allison over the time of diligence because the first time I had talked to her was at Christmas of the, of the year prior. And it felt like not only was I wanting her to be on my board and my advocate, I felt like I was, you know, this is someone I could see myself having a relationship with for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. How might she feel if she felt like I was like trying to get one over on her? 
So for me, I really that decision was about Allison in, in my relationship with her is that I wanted it to be a relationship of truth uh, and friendship. And she was so thankful that I was just like so yeah. direct with her. And so I did all of last year. I mean, we had amazing results for the business. We closed our Series C and I did it all alone and pregnant. And that was not what I would have thought my starting a family journey looked like. But then you talk to other women who are successful who have their kids and it's just like, there is no good time. Yep. The time is when the, the two blue lines. Yeah, that's the time. That's the time. Now you, that's your time. You figure it out. And so it has been, it's been an adjustment, right? There, you find new ways of doing things that you used to do. But you, I, I don't know, I felt this extraordinary clarity. Like once I knew I was like for certain pregnant and like felt safe that it would continue to be a pregnancy. And it was like right as we got funded. And I had this like almost like tunnel vision clarity of purpose. Like I've got two things to do this year. I got to grow this business and grow this baby and everything else is nonsense and garbage. Mm -hmm. And, and I've never been, I've never felt so free in my life to just feel like, no, was it, is it one or is it two? Is it growing this baby? Is this growing this business? Ah, nope. Can't do it. Like I just never felt so comfortable in the know of whatever it is that anyone was asking me for in my entire life. Cause I had two things to do and I was going to do them. And it almost felt like this clarity of, of, of life that I had never had before. I think you kind of wonder, when am I going to do this? It all felt so clear to me. And I think it was reflected in my baby's a very chill baby. Mm -hmm. And we had a really good 2020. I mean, we, yeah. we did well. Uh, and we, I did the two things I was supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> and was there a hard... Um kind of balance of being pregnant and did you have any sickness or were you tired while also trying to show up to all these meetings? I didn't have the tiredness as much as the sickness. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to having like these relationships and truth. So if you think about the time leading up to this, like, you know, I'm like this eat, sleep, breathe, ride or die mm -hmm. co-founder. And I think every employee we have knows that like there isn't a minute of the day that I'm not working. So there, there was, there's nothing but support. And I just had a few mornings of just real, really bad morning sickness. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I have this regroup with Jose, who's my chief of staff, and Hamish. And I say, hey, guys, this is what I'm detecting. From, like, 7.30 to 8.30 feels like the time that if I'm going to be throwing mm -hmm. up, that's when I'm going to be throwing up. Yeah. So we shifted my whole day back an hour. There will be no calls before 8.30. And my whole day shifted back an hour. And just so I wouldn't feel like, oh, God, like, I have to, like, be on this call, but maybe I'm sick. I had like a good solid four months of morning sickness. Oh. Um, and you just like, you're sick and then you're fine. Yeah. And then the tiredness, kind of same thing. I think it was the, all the other things I would do with my time. The answer was just no. Mm. Like I'm done working. I am going to sleep now. Yeah. And it could be 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever, but no one is allowed to want anything from me right now. And I was really okay with that level of selfishness. Like I hear you. I get that you need me. I don't have anything to give you. Yeah. I love hearing that. And I also just love how open and willing you are to share the journey because I feel like you don't hear it often enough. Like, as I think about starting family, I'm looking for those examples and like the realness. I'm like, no one's telling me how they did this. And I'm worried. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's just, again, dialogue and plan. So like Hamish, I mean, I'm so lucky. He's he's the godfather of my son. Like he's a, he is like family to me. Mm -hmm. And so in his mind, like a family member is having a baby. Like, what yeah. are we going to do here? Yeah. And, and... And I was no less productive. I would say I was even more productive because I was just so Do you feel like it focused. like gave you more purpose? You're like, 100%. wow, I'm even more driven right now. And I felt this sort of also the, the burden of like, I got to show the world that all this crazy stuff you hear about women, like, uh, you know, having a baby or being pregnant, like, you're wrong and you're an idiot. And <laughs> I'm going to show yes. you. And so actually, I never, I never announced that I, I never, I wasn't on social media. Most people didn't know I was pregnant. And I made that very conscious decision that my pregnancy wasn't going to be part of the dialogue. As yeah, it was going to be the topic that you were going into. No, it was almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, and I'm pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we beat last quarter by 100%. But <laughs> yeah. And I'm pregnant. And, and yeah. And so question on that, because you you mentioned you've got a chief of staff. Um, and we've also talked and you mentioned you have support, uh, childcare support. What kind of support do you have around you that you feel really supports you in being able to be focused in whatever you're doing at the time? 
I think I think you need good childcare, and anyone who's going to tell you otherwise is a liar, mm. right? Like, babies that small require constant attention. Like, you just, you can't. And so I have a nanny. I had a night nurse, right? So what is the make or break for a lot of women is sleep. Yeah. And so I, I was due in October, which is like Q4 City, which is where we do 50% of our revenue. Oh, um, and I knew that like being sleep deprived wasn't going to work. So that, you know, it's, it's an expense. It's a tremendous expense, right? I, it's kind of an investment. It's 100% was an investment. Yeah. Um, we needed me in Q4. Like, so, you know, I took like two weeks to like kind of be offline, but then I was like back online. And so the night nurse was really key for me in that there's a really big difference between getting two hours of sleep a night and four hours. I can do it on four. Mm-hmm. I cannot do it on two. Yeah. And so, like, having that person who could do, it was just the little stuff. Like, he, you know, if he would have a cluster feed in the night, I wouldn't have to get out of bed. She'd just hand him to me so I could feed. But you're still waking up, though, right? You're kind of dead. You're like, I remember there was definitely, like, feedings where my eyes were closed and she's just holding the baby to me. And I'm like... <laughs> Um, so that's easier than getting, getting out of bed. And if you think about the time to get out of bed, to change a diaper and also like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And, and here's this expert who's like, that's a hunger cry that, you know, and, and so, and your baby's safe. You're probably not lying in bed, like worried about your baby. Yeah. Like basically paying someone so that I can sleep. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And that was the right choice for me. Again, some people have family who can do that for them. But remember, we were in, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. No one was vaccinated. My parents are older. Um, that that wasn't didn't feel like an appropriate ask to versus like a nurse who quarantined for three weeks before she came and was at my, and stayed wow. at my home. You know. Yeah. So I had a night nurse. I had a day nanny. I, I have a nanny now who's phenomenal. Her name's Megan. I know she'll listen to this and be really excited. <laughs> Yay, hi, Megan. And Megan, does, Megan cares about my kid like I care about my kid, yeah. right? Like, we, she'll text me throughout the day, like, hey, that poop looked really great. Like, you know, like, these are like, the things you talk about. Yeah. And so this great support group. My husband's phenomenal, too. Like, he is, like, a fair share kind of dad. Yeah. And, you know, just, like, the little things of, okay, like, I'll do all the bottles, dishes, or, you know what I mean? Like, especially in those early days, like, whatever yeah. you needed. So there is this adjustment period, but you, it's, it's like being this, it's like being the CEO of a business and this business yeah. is the baby, right? Yeah. You got a new set of employees. It's like a new department in your business. Oh my yeah, God. Wait, that's, that's such a way of thinking. About yeah. It. That's so interesting. And so. I love that. I've not heard that's that That's how I thought about it. Right. Which is that he's got needs. Those needs need to be met. Here's the time that I, you know, and I would take a, you know, because I work from home, I want to give him a hug and a kiss. I'll go and get a snack, give him a hug and a kiss and like yeah. sort of feeling my presence there when they're really little, they sleep a lot. Yeah. And now he's at this phase, right? Where like the day is so planned. Like I wake up, we do the feeding. Um, we go get a coffee and I walk the dog and he's in the stroller and then the nanny gets there and I get to work and then he naps usually from like nine to 11 or nine to 1030. Then he's got his wake window and there's another nap. Then uh, an hour after that, um, the nanny's gone and I'm on mom duty. And so I'll be, mo- I'll be mom from like four to seven. Yeah. Then he goes to bed and then I get back to work. Yeah. And then maybe I go to bed at like 10. Got it. I'm and like, it's like every like minute of your day is planned at this phase. And then, I, and, and, you know, the first six months are hard and month six got easier then month seventh got easier, but it's like, you're just regimented. Yeah. And you and your husband are both incredibly successful individually. So you're both crushing it. How did that dynamic change where you're like, I'm growing a baby or, or I'm breastfeeding baby. I'm also running a company. Your husband's doing that. Did you have to change dynamics to make sure you had space for each other? Was there times where you're like, you know what? We don't have space for each other. How did that work? I mean, I think there's just been hard moments, mm-hmm. especially I think a lot of people don't talk about the postpartum emotional issues that you have. Yeah. And it's really weird. It's like, you're, you're two people, right? Business, Brittany, I don't have emotions about my business. I'm not in love with my business, right? And so, like, I've never had emotional issues at work because it's like... Irrational. Just, is this going to make us money? No, then let's not do it. <laughs> yes, then let's do it. Um, but then you have these emotional things kind of going on. And really, you know, very honestly, my husband was the brunt of those and I think he would find himself in conversations where he was like 
I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> what's she talking about? Oh, I, said, <laughs> I feel very nervous at this moment. So I think this readjusting to this new identity, which is mom and dad, those are, you got to give each other space to be imperfect. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had moments where we didn't do a good enough job of doing that. Like, where he can't possibly fathom what I'm going through, right? Like, there's like, oh, it's like hormones in your body and, and these, this overwhelming feeling of love and that you should be doing everything yourself. And breastfeeding is like a full contact Olympic sport, too. <laughs> like, you've got to eat all the time and then you're... And my, my kid's big. Like, he's, like, 100 percentile height and weight, and he ate. Like, I... It's only, like, 40 hours a week or something to spend breastfeeding. It's, like, a full-time job. It felt like... I mean, I would... And so when I was still breastfeeding, uh, and, and like, when they when they have their night feedings, right, you go to bed, and then four hours later, they're up. Yeah. And oh you're feeding God. them. Oh, my God. And then four hours later, they're up, and you're feeding them, and you're up, and almost, like, setting an alarm. And then even if you're not feeding, and you let the night nurse do it, and then you're pumping, because yeah. you got to keep your milk up. And so that's... It's like this time commitment. So I'd say that in some ways we're the least romantic we've ever been, but in other ways we're the most mm. because there's also this sort of like this, like we created something together and it's so powerful, but our romance like is in different ways, right? Like on Saturday night, so we, we don't have a nanny this week because her, her husband tested positive for COVID, right? So we're kind of like tag teaming it. We had plans to go on a date Saturday night. And instead, we like made dinner and ate on these little trays, and we watched this uh, Apple TV Plus show, Trying, which is so cute. You guys should watch it. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I felt so romantic in this moment. Yeah, like our baby's yeah. asleep, and we're just kind of canoodling yeah. on the couch. And so, like, it just it takes. We took a, we we've been together for a long time, fifteen years, and so we were together for a really long time before we had a baby. And so we've done all the things. Yeah. That you would, like trust me, like all the things, and maybe even a victory lap on the things. <laughs> uh, so we aren't like, oh god, I, oh if only we, if only I could have done this. Like that's yeah. not kind of where we're at. Yeah. We we spent a long time doing the things. I love that, and so I have a final question for you um, because what you've accomplished and the team you've grown, everything is so incredible. We were kind of chatting about this before the podcast. I'm really curious what lessons you've learned in leadership, leading a team, um, things that have worked really well for you. Okay, I think a couple. Um, I never, I always, I open every conflict with a question instead of a, a, an accusation, if you will. Ooh, what's an, an example of that? An example, yeah. Can you explain to me what happened here? Mm. It's a really great starting point because you're not attacking somebody, which you're not going to get anywhere, right? So in, in opening up with, can you explain to me what went on here? You're probably going to get a better understanding of like where this misstep came from. And you're going to actually get information that you can use to do something, whether it's improve a person or improve a process. And if you don't come from a place of blame to start with, you get a lot more honesty, I would say. Got it. Um, I think that's a big one. Two, I, I'm i not like an angry person. Like even like when I'm mad, it's like a very cold mad. So when I, even, even if I feel like I could get frustrated, I don't. And I think that that has reinforced this very strong trust bond with with people who work with me so that when I, when it is time to tell them something that maybe they don't want to hear, they know that I would never say something to them that was not true. Like there's yeah. like a very strong trust, especially like everybody who's like a manager and executive, that I come from a, 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 a real place of honesty. And even if you ask me something really hard and even if it's awkward to tell you the truth about it, I will. Mm -hmm. And so I think being someone who does what you say you're going to do and always answers people from a place of truth gives you this credibility as a leader that um, that you can't use the power tools all the time. Like there's this famous book like from Harvard Business Review on managing yourself, where where the author's like, you know, if you have to take your power tools out all the time, they're going to like melt down. Yeah, uh, it's just much easier to lead with like soft power, which is uh, like this is what I expect from myself, and this is what I expect from you. Yeah. And if you can't rise to that, then we've got to. Yeah to think about something else. And then I think, the, I think you also learn a lot from your missteps. Like mm. you can't make, I always say to Hamish, like you can't make an apple an orange. People are who they are and yeah. you cannot change that. 
in whatever that means. And so you have to think about what are they capable of within the boundaries of who they are as a person. And you can't, you can't make them someone different or something different. So I think that, that we've had some missteps where we've, we've tried that to make someone do a role that they're not right for or expect them to grow past where they're at in their own growth curve. So I think that's another one. Um, and also, I guess the last one is just like, if you're really feeling something strongly, you're almost always right. You'll, you'll find a million ways to not believe yourself. Yeah, we find millions of ways not to believe ourselves until we're like, we can't ignore this feeling anymore. And then as soon as we act on it, we're like, ah, oh, if only we'd done that six months ago. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, I think you, you, I don't to be the naysayer, you almost like have this like voice of doubt. But really, there's a reason you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not where you're at and done what you've done without having learned something. And so like your, your, like your lizard brain is a pattern recognizing something that is not feeling good to you. Yeah. And you don't, you don't even need a reason. Cause guess what? Like if you're the boss, you get to just say no. And like, you don't have you to say, to remember that. I have to remember it all the time. Or like, I forget I, I'm the boss <laughs> or just that like, Hey, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's okay. And I yeah. actually don't have to explain that to anybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we could do with this. No, thing. with a full stop. No, with no explanation, no period, no period, period. yeah. Oh my God, I think this is one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done on the podcast, actually. Yeah, I really appreciate your openness and vulnerability and willingness to, to like really go there and maybe talk about things other people aren't talking about. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Love this. This is amazing. Thank you. Where can everyone find you? Where can you buy the oral burst toothbrush? Um, burstoralcare.com <laughs> is, uh, is where you will find all things burst. And then my Instagram is Brittany underscore burst. Love it. Thank you.